This is Women Who Rock, a podcast promoting female musicians and artists. Today, I am joined by Darby, who is a songwriter, producer, animator, and visual artist. Darby, thank you so much for coming to 2SER. Thanks for having me. You have been, I've been trawling through your band camp. <laughs> you have been super prolific, particularly over the last year to 18 months. Mm. You released, so the EP... Uh, it's called Songs from Alpha House. You released yeah. that in October. Yeah. And already there's a new single. <laughs> yeah. So I'd like to hear what is driving your creativity. Um, it's something that I've always had inside of me, I guess, that I've needed to use as a way of um, just self-expression and just feeling like it's a way to get things off my chest because my mind moves very quickly and sometimes there's too much going on in there and that's what I use songwriting for I guess is like my own little therapy. (laughs) It's very therapeutic. Yeah very therapeutic so it's maybe mostly about that Um, and I just I think releasing things helps me forget or just move on from that time as well. Okay. If it's out in the world then I can that's good I can do something else. It's sort of like you're documenting a moment. Yeah. It's done. It's done. It's out. That's over now. And then next month there's a new single. Yeah. <laughs> a new moment. Yeah. I think that's cool. We mentioned the fact that you, I mean, you have creative outlets through multiple mm-hmm. different mediums. Yeah. And so it seems over the last 18 months, the music and songwriting that you've been releasing has been going crazy. You've released so much great new music. Yeah. Have you been Thank expressing you. yourself through other mediums? prolifically as well or is it mainly songwriting in the recent years it's definitely been well since I moved to Newtown I've felt my well since I got back from Europe two years ago I wrote like a lot of songs maybe like 70 and then when I moved to Newtown I wrote more songs uh, and that that was a whole new environment for me and so a lot of new things came up because I was trying to write an album uh, but it hasn't just been songwriting. I've discovered that I can do animation, which happened kind of by accident um, when I made a music video for Pink Buttercream, which is one of the songs on my record. I needed a music video and I can draw and paint and was like, oh, well, maybe I can just try something. <laughs> and uh, it just, just happened. kind of happened. Yeah, I just kind of kept going with it. And now I've made music videos for other people. Um and yeah, I hope to keep doing it. What happened to those 70 songs that you wrote in Europe? Oh, I still have them. Are they I part still of the ones that have been Are they part of the ones that have been released recently or that's yeah. more of a no, Oh, they okay. Are. So the ones on the record there's 11 that we went with. 11 songs out of those. Um a lot of those songs the like out of the 70 there's like say Russian Girls was three songs that ended up being one song. Oh, right. Okay. Kind of thing or like a few ideas that ended up I worked on them over and over again and strengthened them. And I sort of treated it like a job, actually, when I got back from Europe. I was obsessed, maybe a little bit manic, uh, because I was so used to moving around every three days, traveling. And when I got home, it was I stayed with my dad in Newcastle. It was very... Um, just felt motionless, and but I was still moving. So uh, okay. I had to find a way of dealing with that, I suppose. And so I would get up and just start writing like I don't know it just was pouring out of me and it's all I did for three months straight 
Obsession can be good though. Yeah, it's it was good. It was I got a lot of out of it. It leads to a lot of interesting things when you become so fixated on an idea. It was the first time that had happened to me that intensely, I guess, as well. Like where I was really inspired by what I was doing, I think. Like I was kind of intrigued and like wasn't sure if it was good, which made me interested in it, I suppose. It wasn't, yeah, just some generic song that I'd heard before. Yeah. This city is burning me Maybe I don't mean to be Burning everywhere You say the country So you're in Newtown now hmm. And you live in an artist collective? Yes Can we talk about that? How does that work? Well, I don't know how it works I don't know how I ended up there I mean, I'm very lucky I live with 30 people uh, it's right behind the Union Hotel. and Ah, right, okay. Yeah. Near Milk like and the, Thistle. Yes. The little clothing store on the corner. Yeah, near there. It's like a yeah. big garage door. Uh, and I was rehearsing there. There's a rehearsal room at Alpha with my drummer. And I was like, what is this place? And he showed it to me. And it's quite a well-kept secret. It's been there for about 25 years maybe longer. Um, But the demographic is sort of split up into people my age, in their mid-twenties, people that have lived there since its inception, um, that are still practicing. And it's a really, it's a very inspiring place. And I think that's the thing that kind of started this whole journey with me, with being so prolific and wanting to constantly create and needing to create because I'm surrounded by it all the time and I'm living with very inspiring people very good painters and you know video makers and guitar players and it's just sort of like my dreamland <laughs> so it's not just musicians no it's, uh, it's artists a in general okay yeah and there's a gallery actually up the top um that you might have been to a lot of people might have been to um, Alpha Gallery, where we hold exhibitions or music events as well. Right. Okay. So, so yeah. So you have live of performances there. of people that live there, or yeah, people that live there, or anyone. Um, you can hire the space. People do yoga in there. We do life drawing classes. Uh, lots of different things. Right. Yeah. And so you've kind of been a sponge, drawing up all that. Yeah, I've creativity. just. I think I've some. It's sort of if I was to tell myself that I would be living. Somewhere like this, when I was ten, I would, I wouldn't really believe it. It's pretty amazing because I've always been this kind of introverted kid that doesn't really, I mean, just wanting to draw or sing or do stuff all the time. Which I think um, I, I thought it used to annoy my family a lot, <laughs> <laughs> but now I feel like I actually really fit in here, where I feel free. I feel free to create constantly and not be. Um, I don't know, a menace or something to people. Are there a lot of people releasing music that live in Alpha House? Uh, yeah, there's there's a few. There's quite a few. Um, ben Panucci, he lives there. He's a very good musician, guitar player, singer, songwriter. Yeah, there's there's a there's a huge mixture of people, but a lot. I think the mo- the most inspiring thing for me living there has been not the music side. It's been more the the painting. Um, because that's something that I've always loved doing but never felt confident enough to do for some reason. Um, and then just sort of trying things and 
I did a mural. I painted a mural on on the King Street. <laughs> okay. Recently, and I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. Okay, cool. It's near. There's a little like painting or art studio kind of across the road. Is it? Paint studio. Yeah, pretty close to where the Union is. It's where I park when I go to the Botany View Hotel. <laughs> it's on the corner. Is it, which street is it on? Across from the Union? Uh, like on King Street? It's just, yeah, on the corner of King Street and something. But I guess it's Ooh. in no way affiliated. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. I we could know. have given them a plug, but I don't know the oh, name. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sp- speaking of Alpha House, uh, you, I mean, that was the name of the EP that you released, Songs from Alpha House. Yes. And you took a very lo-fi approach. Yeah. Which I appreciated. So oh, was it cool. all recorded... On my phone. In your room at the... Yeah. So I... Wow. I, I just... Um, I had all these demos on my phone that I thought sounded okay enough to like... They were audible. I mean, there wasn't... Except for there's a little part in All the Men at the Table that I'm mumbling the words because I'm literally writing it as I'm recording it. But I thought some of my favourite songs by artists are like demo versions and some of my own favorite versions of the songs that I've written have been just on my phone and I'm like why the hell not (laughs) so I just kind of um I chucked it into GarageBand and I you know brought up the levels and uh added a few things to some of the tracks but kept it pretty raw so when you say you recorded on your phone do you mean like the phone was just sitting on the bed and it was recording Mm -hmm. or you had like oh okay so I think mostly the way I did it I realized I could sit the phone on top of the guitar um, so it was super close to my voice, and that would pick up the pick up the sound of the guitar nicely, kind of balanced, and it wasn't too hectic. Because I I kind of experimented with it a lot. I was putting the phone, you know, just in front of my face on top of a chair, or like, you know, mm. and I found the best balance was if I just sat it on the guitar. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Did, that. did you do lots of takes to find the optimum place where to put your phone? <laughs> I did a few takes just to get the sound, yeah. For mm. some of the songs that I hadn't yet recorded that I knew I wanted to do like that, I did experiment because I have a massive room as well. So it's very, um, it sounds like a hall and it's not the best for recording sometimes. So I have to kind of find corners. It was I probably look like a crazy person um, <laughs> <laughs> if it was, that was videotaped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They also, I like the liner notes. It's real lo-fi as well. It just says one. What? What is it? Like the liner notes on Bandcamp. It just says one, and that's it. Oh yeah. There's no information. It's oh, just a, about the song. No, for like for the EP on Bandcamp. It just says one. It just says one, and then that's oh, does it. Does it? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just put it up there. <laughs> oh right. Okay. <laughs> I thought you did something to induce mystery. Maybe not. <laughs> Do you, are you talking about the song title? No, like, no, no. So the, I mean the number? The EP on Bandcamp. Okay. In all of your other ones, it talks about where it was recorded, who it was produced by. Oh, and, and it, it gives, just says one? It, yeah, it just Maybe says that was one. a typo. Okay. Um, Maybe I, I read too much into no, the mystery. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I put um, any... I definitely didn't really want to talk about it, I guess. It was just sort of like, I made this, here you go. <laughs> mm. If you want to listen to it, you can. The More for me, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess speaking of listening to your music, mm-hmm. we are quite privileged because we're going to hear a live version of your song. Can you tell us the, uh, which song you're going to be playing? I will play Russian Girls. It's a song about a French boy that I met um, during my travels in Europe. And it's just sort of like, I guess it's a love song 
of sorts breakup song when I got home to Australia and I realized you know wow what a whirlwind and I need to get back to my life now and that's not gonna be part of it mm. unfortunately so it's sort of and just an ode to that time well here's a live studio version of Russian Girls by Darby standing on my toes to get a closer look at the rain you're like the droplets that just fall around my face and I could stand a little taller if my legs would stretch but it's never gonna be enough you're never gonna hit the mark even if the clouds cry on all day hope you don't think I'm trolling you away I hope you know I never lied like the Russian girl that Russian Girls by Darby. We were talking just before about the artist collective that you live in. Mm-hmm. I would really like to talk about making guitars. Yes. Can you tell us about making <laughs> guitars in Alpha House? I am making a guitar um, with Hugh Coffey. He's a luthier that lives there. He's really? Amazing. He's an incredible guitar oh maker. Oh my God. And I don't know why. No one knows about him. He's not very good at self-promotion like many of us aren't. Okay. Um, but we have been... He's taken me under his wing to make a my my own nylon string uh, in his studio workshop. Um, I haven't been back to it in a while. We've sort of like life got in the way, work, blah, blah, but we will finish it. It's kind of maybe like two full days of off being finished, but I drew the shape myself, cut it out, um, he's just sort of like let me go with the tools 
was like, here you go, this does this, make sure you turn on the safety thing, off you go. So you have a workshop as well? Cool. Um, or is it just like in his room? Or? There is, oh no, so this is at a different space <clears throat> in Botany. Oh, right. Um, but there is a workshop at Alpha, there's, a, there's painting studios and things, but we can't do that kind of work there. It's too messy. Right, okay, sure. You know, wood flying everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I think you're kind of, but that sounds like you're making a legit guitar. It's going to be beautiful simply because he's helping and he's amazing and yeah they're really stunning guitars i when when it's finished i'll be telling a lot of people you're where gonna, to get one you're gonna play it live yeah i'd love to i'm gonna get a pickup put in it and I'd, i i want to record with it mostly mm. that yeah. would be satisfying keep it very safe <laughs> i've always thought it would be cool to make a guitar pedal oh yeah that you then record with that would be cool i'd love to get into the electronics mm-hmm. yeah you'd be good at that being a scientist? Maybe. I think that... Very good at all that stuff. Yeah, it just... I, I'm very fascinated by the idea that changing and manipulating the, like, components, the resistors and the capacitors yeah. has such a big influence on the sound. Well, my brain does not work like that. I feel like you would be great at that. I've I'm watched... <laughs> can't get it. I've watched videos on YouTube where they have, like, <clears throat> a signal generator. Yeah. And then they show you the circuit. Mm-hmm. And you have like the the normal clean sound, and then you put it in the circuit, and it shows you how, well, how the waveform actually changes. Yeah, it's cool. I think that's very interesting. It is. I think it would help me with what pedals I'm going to choose if I know more about what's happening to the sound. Mm. It's not a bad idea. It's hard to get the time to do that though. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at technical stuff. Becoming an electronics expert. <laughs> yeah, I've got no. Yeah. When I showed Ma your EP to my mum, mm-hmm. her kind of instant reaction was that it reminded her of Janice Ian, who had that song at 17. Oh, really? And I guess that's really more of a comment than a question, to be honest. Mm. But I kind that's, of also get cool. a vibe that sort of 70s Very much. Like folk rock yeah. is important for you. Heaps. Um, it's a huge influence, maybe the biggest. Uh, and I think that's because I grew up with my parents being baby boomers and kind of listening to a lot of 70s, 50s, 60s, 70s music from that time, um, very much into Bob Dylan and Joni Mitchell and Rodriguez and Fleetwood Mac, you know, mm. all those people, John Denver, country, folk, a lot of that kind of the classic melody kind of very just seeped into my brain from an early age. I would be listening to that at parties that my parents would take us to like just not like hectic parties just like no, dinner parties maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but um that kind of yeah that music was always playing and so i don't know it's just i've always loved it and i still do so you've had that from a really young age yeah i was also reading that you also listed gospel as one of the influences as mm. well when did you pick that up i think whilst we were playing as a trio I picked it up um I realized like the power of harmony and voices together and and just how emotive it can be uh and it just makes people feel like deep when it works as well like Mm. when the when the harmonies are perfect it's like there's nothing like it (laughs) can't really describe so we spent a lot of time working on those on those three-part harmonies that we've got um, because one, I love harmonies and I put them on everything and maybe I should not, but, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I just think there's nothing more beautiful than voices in harmony together. And I think, I don't know. I kind of get chills when, so there's a slide blues guitarist, Derek Trucks. Mm -hmm. And he is crazy because he doesn't just play like blues. He can play so many, basically emulate the voice of different genres using his slide. Mm. And he does, he does like a gospel solo Ooh. That emulates the voice of a gospel soulful. singer. Yeah, it's that soulful like connection that feels like I'm not a religious person, but it makes me feel like I believe in something bigger than myself. I think, I think. you're describing how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm, I'm the same. It's left behind by our still goes. It takes us slowly up the hill. The song that we heard, Russian Girls, that is from a series of singles that you have released leading up to an album. Can you tell us a bit about how the process has been from going from the first single and when I guess we can expect or if there's an expected date for when the album's going to be coming out? Uh, sorry, the process in the singles? Yeah, so I guess, about? yeah, you're releasing quite a lot of singles rather yes. than releasing one body of work. Yeah, well, the initial plan was to drop the whole thing and just be like, here it is. Um, but I think as time's gone on and I've sat with the songs longer, I've felt like I've wanted to give each of them more of their own time to be out in the world. Not that like I'm really that known but I think it's more for my own my own process in like just kind of I don't know not critiquing them but just taking it in the all the songs that I've written and made I think it would feel like I've lost something if I was just to put it out at once and then it would be gone and I hear myself saying this for the first time and realize that that's a thing um that I didn't know about (laughs) Each one needs its own voice. This particular collection of songs are very dear to me. I think they're songs that I'm very proud of and that I didn't know I could write, I think, or something. So I want to put them out gradually. Uh, And there's two more that are probably the most um, poignant on the record that will come out. And maybe one one more will come out, the self-titled, well, the, the... album titled tracks fever street will come out soon in a month maybe and then suburbia um i'll put that out in february with the whole thing that's a really interesting idea that each one is really important to you so you want them all to get yeah i didn't know that until i said it (laughs) (laughs) that's funny we like to do learning learning on women who rock (laughs) (laughs) i'm a weirdo is that a (laughs) is that kind of a more tiring process though um, it well, the whole process of making an album has been way more intense than I thought. And I think I started out trying to produce it myself and record everything myself, and and that became way too intense, uh, and I burnt out many times. And then I went about working with Br- Ryan K. Brennan, recording at Golden Retriever and kind of trying to take some of the pressure off myself with having someone else sit there and just see and just say that's okay don't mm-hmm. you don't need to do it again <laughs> and also have better equipment than me and just it's definitely takes the pressure off even though it meant me spending everything I earned on that record I'm very glad mm. I did it um I don't I would like to do it again like that but it's um financially not 
very easy. <laughs> it's more it's more expensive than leaning an iPhone on your guitar. Well, yeah, that's, the, damn that's sure. the that's the other thing. I was like, oh, I can't record these professionally, so maybe I'll just put them out. But I'm very grateful. A lot of I've had a lot of people help me make the what is the studio album like. They came on board and did things for free and gave me a lot of their time and yeah, or for you know not as much money as they deserve. So <laughs> a couple more singles in the future. Yes. Cool. Two more. It is time for the segment, Tell Me a Thing. I have a list of seven topics Mm -hmm. that I'd like you to choose one. The topics are musical equipment, recording equipment, poetry, Patti Smith, punk rock, death, and politics. Darby, can you please tell me a thing? Okay. I'm going to tell you a thing about recording equipment. I'm going to be boring and not talk about death or poetry. I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) That's fine. That's why we have seven Um, topics. (laughs) But I feel like you don't need to spend money to make anything good. I think with what I've learned in the whole process of recording and listening to music and being surrounded by music and loving music and kind of assessing what I think are the best versions of things or what I appreciate the most is like it's about the song, I think, first and foremost. And if the song can stand up, with a phone recording, then it's, that's cool. Mm. Like, my first introduction to, I think, indie music was Bonnie Vers. I think, like many people, for Emma, forever ago, that album, where he recorded it on one mic, was it? Like a dynamic... Um, I'm not, I don't, wrote, know, I don't know too much about that. Just one, like, detail. shitty mic. Yeah, sure. And laid everything. And then that was actually how, when I started recording, was when I heard that. And I bought my own dynamic microphone... And I started layering my vocals um, like six or seven times and and hearing the texture that it created. And I think it was the fact that it, it wasn't a really clear sounding microphone. It was like kind of shit <laughs> that gave it a whole other tonality and quality. And it's mm. a character that I think is important to bring out what the song's about too. I think that's interesting saying that the song shouldn't need the best microphone yeah, to make well, it sound great? I mean, I'm mostly talking about... I mean, you could argue that if it was like a freaking funk band or whatever. I don't know. Maybe not. But I I guess I'm more talking about if it's folk-based or just song-based. song, song based, I'm just... I guess I'm thinking about more... I don't know. Lyric, dense, melodic, focused music in that in that way. But... Even, like, my friend's band, Easy Street, they're amazing. They're a Newtown band. They recorded themselves everything, minimal equipment, and it sounds incredible, the album. Like, it sounds like them, like their live sound mm. on stage. There's definitely... Raw and, yeah, not as polished, but still super punchy. And I think there's definitely diminishing returns in terms of having it polished, though. Yeah. If well, you can record it and you can get the vibe... Yeah, it's all about that. It's about, I mean, it's so many factors. It's how you feel on the day. If you're not feeling good, then you're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. 
Um, yeah, there's a lot of factors. Yeah, recording is super interesting. Yeah, it is. Mm. It's a fickle thing. <laughs> it's a fickle beast. Mm. Darby, thank you so much for coming to us here. Thanks so much Rock, for having me. Having a chat. It's been great. Yeah, it's been awesome. And I could see myself growing old in the countryside. On your side of the world, but I'd only do it for the little girl that dreams of Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of Do As E R 107.3. Fish swimming in a much bigger fish bowl.